We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here. It is Veterans Day, Wednesday, November 11th. Thank you, everybody who served or family members of someone that served uh, and is close to you. This is an important day for a lot of people, and we do appreciate all your service. And again, you're listening to this, so we appreciate you listening to our podcast as well. My co-host today is Adam Ronis from Fantasy Alarm. Known Adam for a pretty long time. Uh, we've been in, both been in the industry for a while. We do multiple sports. We both do football, baseball. Adam does basketball as well for Fantasy Alarm. You can catch him uh, on SiriusXM Fantasy, of course. You can catch him on Twitter, at Adam Ronis. And they have a new podcast he does at, at Alarm with uh, Howard Bender called Andy Up. Believe it or not, it has to deal with sports betting. So, Adam, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, and I appreciate the invite. And yes, you've been around a lot longer than me, and you know I appreciate it. You know, someone like you kind of helped pave the way for me to be in the industry. So, uh, thanks to you for making sure this industry got to the point where it is now. And uh, if you would have asked me, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, before I entered, uh, I wouldn't have believed it. So I'm blessed to be able to make a living full time in this it's industry. Amazing, and, isn't it? Yeah, the system beat. Yeah. I mean, people don't believe it sometimes when I tell them, you know, working from home, covering fantasy sports. And it's an issue I've had in the past, actually, with with girls that I've dated. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Sunday, I can't see you. I have to watch football all day for work. And they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Look, (laughs) if you want to be good at this, you got to be involved. And I think that's 
there's a lot of people that want to be in this business. And I'm sure you get people asking you all the time. I had someone reach out to me recently on LinkedIn and asked me, hey, I see you've been in the business. What do you have to do? And I said, look, if you don't have experience, you got to write. You got to be on a pocket. Do anything you can to get out there. And then I said, apply. Maybe you get an internship or a freelance gig. And they kind of questioned me like they expected to just automatically get a job like that. And it doesn't work like that. Like you really have to put in work. And it is time consuming if you want to be really good at this. And, you know, I know you're married with kids, so I don't know how you do it sometimes. I, I don't have that, dis- not distraction, I don't have that pulling me away from things. So right. it must be difficult, especially you doing multiple sports. There's a lot of people that do only one sport, only football. And I don't know if they realize how easy they have it. Right. Well, uh, but it's funny. There's this, uh, this like timeline of life. When you're a teenager or a college kid or just out of college, you got all the time in the world, you know, and then you have, you get a girlfriend. Okay, well, now you have to think not just about yourself, but somebody else. Get a real full-time job. Okay, well, that's now, you know, and then get married, get kid, have kids, you know, everything pulls away from that. But you know what? You find ways you manage and you just have to, you have to be efficient. That's the real thing. Um, and sometimes that's a struggle. That's a challenge. You know, I, I tend to be all over the place. It's kind of, you know, I wonder sometimes if, like, if it were more in vogue back then to test for any sort of attention deficit, would I have been diagnosed with that? Maybe. I don't know. But Or maybe I just need to just prioritize better, too, sometimes. But, you know, you get by. Uh, the, the tricky part for me is projection season for baseball while football is going on. That's the part for me where I feel the squeeze the most. But, uh, you know, other than that, um, you know, it's... You know, it's busy. And when I was younger, I did more. I, I could sleep less, and I took on more responsibilities. You know, fortunately, RotoWire is a little bit more mature of a company, and I don't do as much as I did in the past. I don't think I'd be capable of doing that. Um, you know, at some point, the, the candle burns a little too thin on both ends. Well, yeah, that's true. And you know, but you still are doing daily radio shows, podcasts, projections, and you do multiple sports. I guess I think for me, it's where DFS has played such a big factor. And I do I cover DFS basketball for Fantasy Alarm. So you know, we got a little bit of a break, but basketball starting December twenty second, and that's around the time I also start doing my baseball prep. I yeah. maybe I should maybe have to start doing it now. Uh, that's the one good thing. With now we only have football going on, whereas this period last year I would have been engrossed in basketball. Uh, but I still have to start preparing for hoops. Although I don't do as much season long leagues for hoops, maybe one or two, and a lot of that is the timing. You know, basketball tends to start mid-October, and at that point, baseball is just finishing. And you know, I'm usually always grinding out to the end, whether I'm in it or not. Right. And then football is in mid-season, and you turn around. Oh, basketball starts in two weeks. That's how I usually am, and I don't have a lot of time to prepare for that. I usually only have one season-long hoops league, but I'm going to do Raz Jam. Uh, that's just starting up this year, so that's going to add a second one. It's good because one's a head-to-head points league. The other one is a in the Raz Jam is going to be categorical, the old school, what the proper way of doing hoops. So uh, I'm excited about that, but I might be out of my depth. I'm going to have to use our tools, uh, <laughs> lean on those heavily. Um, let's let's start. Ta- yeah, and I, I want to get back to how you got in the business a little bit later, but I want to start with this week. There's a lot of news people are looking uh, to get caught up on. First thing is Christian McCaffrey. Probably not going to play this week. Matt Rule pretty much came out and said that today. Uh, it, 
the question for me is with this shoulder injury, they've been very circumspect uh, about the full nature of it, not allowing him to really be uh, get get access to the media or access the media getting access to him, I should say, because he's probably not chomping at the bit to tell everybody about his shoulder. But what do you think about him? Like, if you're in a league and you, you know you're trying to make a push for the playoffs, do you try to trade him now and you know try to get what you can for him, or do you think it's maybe one week and hang on? Yeah, see, this is tough because we just don't know. And I think if you are in a position where you're fighting for a playoff spot, you might be best off trading him. It's funny because in one of my leagues where I'm doing well and I have some depth, I've been looking to try and make a deal. And I was about to offer a trade for McCaffrey, but I wanted to wait and see what the news is. And with this news, I'm probably not going to do it. Now, that team is battling uh, for a playoff spot. Like, I think they have to move them because they need wins this week. And I think sometimes people lose sight of that. You don't want to give up that star studded player like Christian McCaffrey, but you have to be realistic of where you are right now. And if you're sitting there uh, with, uh, you know, a a four and five record or three and six, you can't think about two weeks. You need a W this week, uh, depending on the context of your league rules, you know, total points sometimes account for playoff spots. That's something that I think needs to be done. Uh, I've talked about it for years and still there's a lot of pushback on that. You know, I know the FSGA does top three records, then next three teams with the most points. I like that, whether, yeah. or whether it's four and two. I think that needs to be done. I don't know why it's not more popular. I know you play in the high stakes leagues like the NFFC, and they are more points oriented as well. I'm not trying to diminish record, but I think total points need to be a factor in the playoff races. I see so many leagues where there's teams with a lot of points have a losing record. It's just not fair. But, yeah, I think you have to be realistic of where you are. And now if you're a team that's seven and two, you're in good shape. Yeah. Send an offer for Christian McCaffrey. Now you got to understand there could be risk because this could be a more serious injury. Now, it keeps changing minute by minute. I think I just saw something come out that Matt Rule said he's more day to day than week to week. But it's just uh, we don't know at this point. But, yeah, I think if you want to take a shot. If you have a good record and you can afford to put them on your roster, knowing that you're going to make the playoffs, I think, yeah, you could take a shot because we saw him come back last week and we saw what he did. I mean, that is a huge difference maker. And there's not many of those players right now at the running back position. Yeah. And as serviceable as Mike Davis was, you could tell the difference. And and the funny thing is they didn't really treat McCaffrey with kid gloves. You know, he, he. Got almost all the carries. Samuel jumped in, got a cup, a few. Uh, Davis, I think, only had one carry. Uh, but McCaffrey got a lot of work, and now we'll see what happens. And I think you're absolutely right. It's kind of where you are right now. If you've got that seven and two, eight and one team, maybe maybe that's the type of team that trades for him, and then you can have that juggernaut in the playoffs. Yeah, and with Mike Davis too, you know, he was great the first few weeks, but I don't know what happened. Why his role in the passing game diminished? Uh, yeah. I remember what that Thursday night game against Atlanta. I'm like, why aren't they passing him the football? I know Curtis Samuel's more involved now. I don't know if that was a factor. Now we did see Davis catch five passes last week. Uh, but like you said, only one carry on the ground. So either way, I mean, the running back position is really rough this week. We have a lot of question marks. We don't know who's going to play as of right now. So even with that tough matchup against Tampa Bay, who's been excellent against the run, you got to figure hopefully they're smart and they get him involved in the passing game more this week. And, you know, we've seen games where he's caught, you know, five to nine passes. And that's what you're hoping for this week uh, with him against Tampa Bay. Yeah. And that week two game where they played Tampa Bay, he came in for McCaffrey, played 24 snaps, eight targets. Now, granted, they're in catch-up mode, and that had a lot to do with it. 
But still, that that part is encouraging. The, the offense has evolved since then, uh, and that's the tricky part. Carolina, I mean, I think it's a good offense. Joe Brady is a great coordinator, but you know, it, it's aggravating. DJ Moore was very thinly involved last week, and, and despite forty nine passing attempts for Bridgewater, I think Moore had three or four of them. Uh, Dave, Davis uh, did get six targets last week against the Chiefs, so he's still involved in the passing game. I suspect he's a pretty good start this week, even with the bad matchup. Oh, yeah, you're pretty much going to have to start him. I mean, you're going to rank him right around a RB1. I mean, we still, again, have a lot of question marks of some players we don't know where they're playing, uh, which kind of sucks about doing rankings early, but everyone wants them. But I always tell everyone, look, this is fluid, and I'm sure you deal with this too. I don't understand why people are in a rush to get their lineup questions answered on Wednesday and Thursday unless you have a player involved in the Thursday game. I don't know, but this has been something for me throughout life. When I have to make a an important decision – not that fantasy football is the most important thing. It is for us and for me, at least. But I want the most information possible. We have very little information on Wednesday and Thursdays. We have to get through the practice week. So I know people are anxious and maybe they feel like, oh, well, I can't get a hold of you on Sunday. But, you know, the rankings are going to be updated up until kickoff. So you got to be patient when you're trying to get your start sit questions answered because we just don't have a lot of information right now. Right. Exactly. And I my value meter always comes out on Tuesday night, and I always want people like, oh, I'm on the East Coast. Can't you get it earlier? No, I can't. And I'm going to update my rankings too. But, I mean, I, I could do a thinner set of rankings, I suppose, with fewer comments, but that's also not as helpful. Uh, but anyways, um, I won't complain too much because, again, I'm doing fantasy sports for a living. So, uh, But, yes, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I have Davis at 12 this week among running So do I. PPR in PPR? Yep. Yeah, so do I. So I even said there's about 12 running backs I trust uh, this week. And after that, I think it gets pretty shaky. It might be 11, though, because Antonio Gibson uh, just came out today, mispracticed with a shoulder injury. He only had nine touches last week. I just think it was kind of a Giants one-off, or at least I did. And now I'm thinking, well, that shoulder probably had something to do with that. I thought it was going to be bounce-back week against the Lions. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I have a lot of Antonio Gibson, so I hate seeing this. So I'm hoping it's not too bad. I think part of it last week, too, is they were playing from behind. So uh, they use a lot of J.D. McKissick, who obviously has been a big ad for people that have been using him in PPR formats. Uh, I've seen a lot of people pipping him out as a pickup this week. I don't know about you, but in most of my leagues, he's already on a roster. Yeah. So I, I know I, we I wish ha- I were in those leagues where he, yeah, no, but I, you know, I, I kind of find that challenging sometimes. Do you, because I play in a lot of deep leagues too. I play in a lot of leagues, like my home league that I'm the commissioner. I add an extra flex spot. Um, we do a local league here called the GST league, the Greenwich street tavern, which Chris Vaccaro, uh, is an NFFC hall of famer. He co-owns that bar. And we have like two leagues of 12 and there's industry people in it, high stakes players, Uh, And in that league, too, I added the extra flex this year. So two running backs, three receivers, two flex, a tight end, a quarterback. So I play in a lot of deep formats. But I also have to sometimes we have to understand that we're catering to a wide range of audience. There's 10 team leagues. There's 12. And sometimes it can be difficult because you see the percentages and McKissick is out there in some leagues. But I know in my leagues, he's been gone for weeks. Yeah. And I always think those percentages are kind of junk anyhow, because there's a lot of public leagues that, you know, they're dead. They're not, you know, being used. I, for instance, Rotowire Stake League. We do our auctioning on ESPN, but then we actually run it elsewhere uh, because of the position requirements and some other things. Uh, so, 
it's there's no pickups in that league. It, you know, and there's no moves on that. So a guy like McKissick is not owned there, and you know it doesn't count. That, but yet it counts towards their percentage owned, um, and things like that happen all the time. And same thing with dead guys. Well, why is he still act? Why is he still available? You know, why is he still owned in twenty five percent and active in five percent? Well, it's because we don't run anything on there anymore. But you know that happens. So you have to take those percentages with a grain of salt. No, that's true. That's a good point. There are a lot of dead teams in that, and it can be misleading. But I know people like to use that for their waiver wire pieces. And uh, but, like you know, in competitive leagues, a lot of these guys are gone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, we'll see for that. Good news coming out of Philly. Miles Sanders was in pads at practice today. I I ranked him as if he was going to play and get his full complement of work. I thought he was close prior to the bye. So I've got him at five this week. He's in my circle of trust. What say you? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. I actually have him six, but uh, he might move up. Uh, but yeah, I'm very confident in him. I think this Philadelphia offense is starting to play better. They're starting to get healthy. We saw Dallas Goddard back before the bye. Jalen Rager, who scored a touchdown. Fulgham has been excellent. Yep. Wentz has been very shaky, no question about it, but he's running and he's producing fantasy numbers. And you know, I, I made the mistake of dropping him earlier in the year. I had one team that was 0-3 in the NFFC online championship, and uh, he was playing poorly. And, you know, at 0-3, it's like, all right, I, I have to do something here to change things. And if at that time it looked like a good move with everything that was happening in Philadelphia, now I wish I had him back. Tell me you at least got Justin Herbert to replace him. Oh, I did not. I did get Justin Herbert in a couple other leagues. I mean, that league's a mess. That team's a mess anyway. Yeah. And I've always, I've said this because I had Barkley, had the two pick and had Barkley. And I've always said you can overcome injuries, even if you lose in your first round pick. It's a lot harder to do in a competitive league like the NFFC, where you have the 20 roster spots. It can still be done. Um, I know in the Raz Bowl last year. Uh, I lost my first round pick and I still finished top five overall. And that's a NFFC setup without the kicker and defenses. But, you know, losing Barkley was rough. And then I had some guys get hurt. But I've always preached to everyone. You just never give up no matter how bad I had last year in FSGA. I was 0-4. I made the playoffs and won the championship. Nice. Part of it is because they rewarded the points. I was very high in points. Um, so I looked at it and I said, I'm not out of this and, you know, keep pushing. And even with the NFFC team, that's, uh, was only three, it's five and four now, but I don't have enough points. That's the problem. But you just always have to fight it out. Don't give up. You never know. And especially in a crazy year like this with COVID and all these injuries, you get a couple of breaks, you add a free agent or two. Herbert's the perfect example of who you just cited. I mean, I, I didn't get any of the elite quarterbacks this year, and I'm still looking back and trying to figure out, did I mess up? Because I still think you can win leagues with the lesser quarterbacks, but the Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott before he got hurt, don't, it's such a huge advantage to have those guys this year, and I didn't do it. I've always been someone that waits on the quarterback. And I mean, but I mean, my teams are still good, but I'm not having the year that I had last year. Like last year, I had 13 leagues, 12 teams made the playoffs. I had a great year this year. I got four and five, five and four teams. And I'm trying to figure out if it's due to me not having that elite quarterback. I still think you can stream successfully, but just those guys at the top, just Jockey Josh Allen, all those guys. I don't have any of them. I about. I, I do have a lot of Wilson. Uh, I had one league with Dak, and that was terrible. And that, that team's in trouble now. But, you know, that's the thing. You, you have them, and then you lose them. It really stinks. Uh, it's harder to, to kind of replace them there. Uh, 
I'm in a super flex league where I have uh, Wilson and Kyler. And oh, jeez, man. You must be crushing. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. And I have DK Metcalf to go with it, too. So it's it's beautiful. But, uh, yeah, it, yeah, we always like to talk about our, our best teams. But, yeah, um, I have another team, though. It was like a, two weeks ago. It was two and five, but first in points. It's like, okay, all right. I'll just keep grinding, and hopefully I'll get there in the playoffs uh, on points. But, yeah, that's aggravating when that happens. Uh, also aggravating is if you're a Joe Mixon owner, did not practice today. Uh, at least he, he worked out on the side. But I had Stefania Bell on our show today talking about his injury. And, you know, he's got a midfoot sprain. I just, I'm very pessimistic about this week. And I'm, I'm kind of apprehensive about the rest of the season. Yeah, I actually thought he would be back. And I also do my rankings on Tuesday. And I put him in there originally. Yeah. So it looks like I might have to take him out and put Gio Bernard back in. So, you know, I figured after the buy, he might be fine, but it seems like they haven't really, unless I missed it, did they really give details on exactly what the foot issue is? I think it's a midfoot sprain. That's what, but yeah, they've been very circumspect about it. You know, the thing is I put him at 19, so I didn't really, I wasn't full steam ahead with him. Like I was with Sanders, uh, just because of the nature of the injury. Uh, He's handling his rehab work, but I, I I want certainty. I'd rather he just sit out this week. I have, you know, and I think every league where I have Mix and I have Geo also. So just give me Geo. I'll deal with it. You know, it's not the same thing. I'll pro- against Pittsburgh, it's not a great matchup, but it puts him in the top 15 at least. Uh, whereas, you know, if it's a timeshare and he's like back but not really, it just ruins both guys. Yeah, especially in this matchup, matchup against Pittsburgh, who's been – uh, really good against the run this year. We have seen some cracks at times, but you know, Dobbins had 113 yards against them. Yeah. Sanders had a good game, but it really came on one run. 74 of the 80 yards came on that one big run. Right. Uh, so it's not a matchup that you feel good about. It would be like you said, if Mixon's out, at least, you know, Geo's he's going to get his 15 carries. They might only go for 45 yards. So what you hope for five, six, seven receptions, and somehow he finds the end zone. That's right. That's right. I want to talk Cleveland Browns next, but uh, before that, uh, quick note from our friends at Prop Swap. I think I might have butchered it and called it Pro Swap before. It is Prop Swap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use Prop Swap. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like? But think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate. We all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use the promo code ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500, and Prop Swap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Adam Ronis from Fantasy Alarm. Adam, we might get Nick Chubb back this week. Uh, we'll pro- I think they said they're, they're going to give us a decision on Friday, but they're encouraged by the work so far. Yeah, I expect him to play. I did see the same thing about Friday. And look, Chubb is, to me, one of the top running backs in the NFL. I didn't get him anywhere this year. Uh, he wasn't really a target for me. He would have to fall in the right place. You know, I was worried a little bit about Kareem Hunt cutting into the workload. 
but I did have a lot of Nick Chubb on my teams last year, and it was it was great. I mean, this yeah. guy is just explosive. He breaks big plays, and this is a great matchup this week against the Texans. They've been getting gashed by the run. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to the position. Uh, remember the guy Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Uh, he had 138 yards rushing against them in week one. I don't know if he's had that total sense, but that's another story. Uh, and we saw Robinson get 99 yards and a touchdown last week. So, yeah, if Nick Chubb's in there, you feel good about him. And I'm sure most of the year when Chubb and Hunt were active, you had Chubb as a RB1 and Hunt as a RB2 and uh, kind of have it the same way this week. Yeah, uh, I put him tentatively at 26, wondering if maybe the first game back he's a little limited. I kind of like reverse it where I think like Hunt's the RB one and Chubb's the RB two, uh, but we'll see how that you know how active he is in the next couple of days of practice. But uh, you know again another another running back uncertainty problem. We look at that all across the place. What are you doing um, with uh, the Rams running backs this week? Are you know Darrell Henderson had the thigh before, but they said he probably wouldn't miss any time. Now he's had a week off. Pretty good matchup against Seattle, although I think you. You're going to pass all over him, but still, I think he benefits a little bit even from that, too. Yeah, I have Henderson ranked the highest. It's, that is the guy they've been going to. And with the bye week, it sounds like he's not going to miss any time. We do see Malcolm Brown occasionally get that goal line carry, but they're leaning on Henderson. You know, I thought we'd see more Cam Akers. He was a guy that I drafted in a couple of leagues. I've held on to him. Again, in these deeper formats, it's hard to, to cut a running back. And it's easy to say now, again, team context, everything, three and six, four and five. You don't have time to wait. You can get rid of them. If you are in playoff contention, have a good record, you could hold on because as we've seen, and this is the time of the year too, if you haven't done it already, you want to me as many running backs on the bench as you can have, because it takes one injury and all of a sudden, boom, you got a RB one high RB two. We've seen it with Gio Bernard, Boston Scott. Duke Johnson last week. So all it takes is one. And, you know, Akers, it might be a little bit more difficult because if something happened to Henderson, it'd probably be him and Malcolm Brown. And I don't know, maybe there's something to Sean McVay just not having confidence in these rookies. We saw it last year with Henderson. He was barely involved. Now he's not afraid to go to him. And with Akers, uh, I know he got hurt and he didn't look great in that first game. But he said a few weeks ago, we're going to get him more involved. And then I think he played, what, one or two snaps in that game the week right. after he the said Niners it? Niners game. Oh, that was yeah. a disaster. Yeah. So I know Akers has been a source of frustration for many people, and uh, I have been holding on to him in my leagues because a lot of those leagues are 18 to 20 roster spots. And as you know, the waiver wire is really thin, and I know exactly what would happen. I'd drop Akers, and then the next week he would get a bigger role because an injury happened. And how many times do we see rookie running backs have big weeks after their bye? It's happened a lot. It happened with Swift, happened with uh, Dobbins. You could see it happen with Akers. I mean, the talent's there. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, he was behind a bad offensive line of Florida State and just broke a lot of big plays, but it just hasn't happened for him this year. And it could happen this week, but there's no way you can count on that. I mean, there's no indication uh, for us to believe, especially if Henderson is healthy, that they're going to go in that direction. Right. And, you know, you look at, like, and you just. You know, we'll see. I mean, if Henderson doesn't practice somehow, okay, we'll throw him in. I've seen Akers getting picked up in a lot of my leagues, too. I mean, you know, the ones that were a little thinner, yeah, I think people have been taking flyers on him. And, well, they should. And, you know, this is your last chance, like, in a dynasty to kind of buy him on the cheap. Because, you know, at some point, you know, he's going to get that chance. And, you know, you, right now you could probably get him for a reasonable price. Although, unless, of course, the guy is a zealot uh, about Akers in the first place. And then, okay, never mind. But, uh 
try to get it before that first sign of him doing a whole lot. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, you always, especially in the competitive leagues, you have to be ahead. You know, you can't you can't wait until what you saw from Jacoby Myers the other night. Oh, yeah. No, no he's gone. All right. Yep. <laughs> you needed to see that first week. And, you know, I saw that and I picked him up in a couple leagues and had him in the starting lineup for a few leagues last week. There was a couple I had him on the bench because I had better options, but there were a few with bye week issues and injuries. I had to play him and uh, to see him go off like that was, was great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and he yeah, he's still catching passes. I think he just caught another one right now. Uh, you do rankings for Fantasy Alarm. I do them for Rotowire. And you said you you know you come out on Tuesday. Tell me a little bit more about the process. Like when you go about looking at some of these bat- battles, or when you're looking for the week, you know how how do you go about doing your rankings? Let's just go that way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of it is based on on volume and role. I mean, the running backs are very tough this week because we just have so many question marks. Uh, so with the running backs. A lot of it is going to be based on workload. You know, you could say what you want about a guy like Duke Johnson. I know there are some people who feel he should get an opportunity to get a bigger workload. It's never happened. Other people think, no, he's not good enough. There's a reason why teams are not giving him uh, that workload. And look, he wasn't impressive last week. 16 carries, 41 yards. But he did find the end zone and he did catch a few passes. So. Uh, you could say what you want, but the volume is going to be there for him this week if David Johnson doesn't play due to the concussion. So to me, he he's an RB two uh, because of the workload. And you know, same thing like Chase Edmonds last week. I know people were kind of disappointed in Chase Edmonds. Uh, for me, watching that game, I don't understand why they just kept running him into the Miami oh. Dolphins defense, which is very good. So all these weeks that you pair him with Kenyon Drake. He's involved in the passing game, catching four, five, six passes. Then you put him as the starter, and you clearly see it's not working. You know, give credit to a team like Buffalo last week who came out and said, we're not running the football. Seattle's weakness is the secondary. We're just going to pass all over you. Kansas City has done that a couple times this year. I don't understand why Arizona just kept running Chase Edmonds. It wasn't working, and you only give him three receptions for 18 yards the week before he had seven for 87 we saw a game he had five for 56 so i don't understand why they were not getting him the ball in space in the passing game but he had 28 touches if i told you last week hey chase edmonds is going to get 28 touches this week oh yeah i'm definitely going to start him. so we knew he was going to get a big workload didn't expect 28 touches but so if a guy's getting volume you got to put him pretty high and that's why i have duke johnson there this week uh with receivers you know, I think a lot of times people get into the matchups and the shutdown corners. But if you're a top receiver, you're still going to be high for me. Like DK Metcalf. Metcalf has faced some tough corners this year. But you watch that guy play. I don't care who he's against at this point. He's a guy that can make your day 50-yard touchdown play. So, you know, he's going to be high. Like other weeks, you know, a guy like McLaurin this week to me is in a really good spot. He's another guy that's faced a lot of top corners this year we've been concerned about the quarterback and alex smith checking down but we saw him one big play last week so he's top 10 for me this week you know a guy like robert woods and cooper cup move up because they're playing seattle i mean right so yeah it's just the matchups come into play but for the elite receivers you know they're going to be pretty high once you get outside of top 15 then matchups come into play like adam thielen is lower for me than he has been in a while uh, part of it is there's no volume in that Minnesota offense. If they're running the football successfully and they're ahead, they're not going to throw. It, it's 
it's pretty bad if you right. if you have Thielen and Jefferson right now because you have to root for the Vikings to fall behind, not even fourteen nothing because they're still going to run. You want them to be down twenty to nothing, and <laughs> that's true. I'll, I'll say, I wonder if they put, get put to the test this week against the Bears. I mean, this is the first matchup in a while where it hasn't been a plus matchup. You know, the, the Bears did a really effective job shutting down Derrick Henry last week. Although I kind of wonder if it's a Taylor Lewan missing sort of thing rather than the Bears. But regardless. It's not the Lions. It's not the Packers the week before. It's This is a tougher matchup. And I think that they may have to resort to throwing it. By the way, that is that is the path to the Bears beating uh, Minnesota because I don't think Cousins withstands it very well. Yeah, no, it, they – look, no, no one has shut down Dalvin Cook. He's been ridiculous. But like you said, Bears have been a pretty solid run defense, uh, limiting Henry. Uh, but, yes, the offensive line has not been as good for Tennessee with some injuries. Uh so I think this will be a close competitive game. I think the line's what two and a half. I think the last I saw, and it's a divisional game on the road for Minnesota. So, it, but it's just to me, there's receivers that you feel really good about this week. Like to yeah. me, you got to play Woods over him. Brandon Cooks, who has really been coming on uh, the last few weeks since the coaching change, he's been heavily involved. So, yeah, well, I mean, you start resting his juju. You know, all of a sudden he's starting to get the target volume again. And I like the matchup this week against Cincy, although, of course, Roethlisberger's status is a big determinant of this, too. Yeah, you would. I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to Stafford last week, so you would think he plays. But then again, he was next to Vance McDonald on the plane, locker room. So you're just kind of crossing your fingers, hoping that he can pass uh, those protocols, because if not, you're not going to feel good with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, even against the Bengals, who... Uh, you know, I think the Bengals are going to keep this game close. Uh, I, I like what I've seen from them. I know you're a Bengals fan, um, but I I took them. Who did they beat two weeks ago? Tennessee, right? Yeah, I took them that week uh, getting the points. I didn't know if they would win, but I, yeah, I know it's a tough matchup. But I, don't, I think since he's going to be competitive in this game, I like what I've seen from that offense. Yeah, I do, too. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that I get to watch Joe, Joe Burrow every week. You know, I, we get to keep him for a few few years at least. The Baltimore game was rough, but that, that that's the downside possibility because the Steelers' deep pass rush is pretty ridiculously good. Uh, no Devin Bush is a big deal for the, the Steelers, though, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, the Ravens were able to run the ball so effectively against them. Yeah, and look, I think they're a good team. I thought before the year they would have a shot to come out of the AFC, but – Uh, I'm still surprised they're undefeated. I knew last week Pittsburgh plays down to the level of competition two or three times a year. They just have these games and you go, how is this possible? It just happens. And I I said last week, the first half would be, don't be surprised if it's close, that Pittsburgh keeps Dallas in the game. I just can't believe that they stayed in the game that long. I had no doubt Pittsburgh was going to win that game, that Dallas was going to find a way to mess it up. Uh, But they do that every year. And um, I, I think they're going to lose one of the next three games. I think they could lose this week. I really do. If not, I know they have Jacksonville. It'd be surprising to lose that. Then they have Baltimore Thanksgiving night. And uh, Baltimore has a lot of question marks, but we know how those rivalry games are. But I I think Pittsburgh definitely loses one of the next three. Your lips to God's ears. Uh, It'd be just a shame if their perfect season was ruined by uh, Ben not being able to play. Just a shame. Uh, sorry, a uh, little, little <laughs> uh, cynic in me there, but uh, it's okay. A uh, couple other guys and wide receivers that we talked about. You know, it's interesting. DeAndre Hopkins, two weeks in a row, is going to have a tough co- uh, corner matchup. Usually we don't worry about that, but he kind of struggled against Xavier Howard last week, drew some PIs. 
this week gets Tredavious White, who's actually pretty good too, but he doesn't necessarily shadow. Yeah, and I think in the past, too, he's had some good games against him. It's just been weird with Hopkins because even the Dallas game, he was barely involved. He only had two for 73. Of course, he blows up against Seattle because everyone does. But, yeah, it was kind of weird to see him uh, have two down games in a row. But uh, I don't have him anywhere this year. But to me, it's it's difficult to not rank that guy very high in this offense. You know, I, this should be a high-scoring game. And uh, even if he does have white on him a little bit, uh, I got to think that they make little a little bit more of an effort to get the ball to him. Uh, I don't know if they're going to run the ball as much as they did last week right. against Miami. Uh, yeah, I think they've been aggressive. They've been taking throws deep. Of course, Christian Kirk is the guy who has benefited. And uh, like, have you just been steadily moving him up your rankings every week? I feel I like he's kind of not getting respect a lot of weeks. I have him at 20 this week. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, I feel like I have to move him up, too. I think right now people are having him at 31 and I feel that's too low. Yeah, and here, here's the thing too. It's like I hope Arizona learned a lesson from their end game last week. Oh, they brutal, made, man! They made the two completions to Kirk. The second one was a pretty big play, got him into field goal territory, and they ran Edmonds into the pile twice, and then tried to do a little out thing just to get the first down. They played for the field goal with plenty of time left too. It's like two has been moving the ball on you left and right. Why are you playing for a forty-nine yard field goal in the first place? Go for the touchdown. Yeah. That burned me. I mean, I had a. I know parlays are not profitable, but I like to do them occasionally. And I had a fourteen. I had a fourteen parlay. I had Buffalo getting three because I said on the radio last week that they were going to beat Seattle. I had the Saints getting four and a half. I loved that game. I was like everyone. I knew I won that game when in the pregame show they had everyone on the panel pick the Bucks. I was like, all right, this is easy. Yep. Uh, and I had the over on the Chargers Raiders game. And I had Arizona minus four and a half. And I was just like, oh, come on. When the game was tied and Arizona got the ball, I'm like, all right, just drive down the field, get the touchdown and hold Miami. And nope, that didn't happen. So, yeah, I've not really been impressed with Kingsbury with what he's done, considering what they have there and how great Kyler Murray has been this year. I don't know. There's something about Arizona that I don't love off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Detroit game. That's a That's that should be an easy win. Maybe not easy win, but it's, it's a win. Right. In that that division, you have to win that game. In the NFC West, you have to get that W. That's a tough division. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, And, you know, even the Miami game, I know Flores is a good coach. I I think he does a lot of things right. And you could see that at the end of last year when they were playing hard. You know, after that horrific start, they bounce back and, like, win four games at the end of the season. You know, the Eagles win where they, they you know, they, they, they were just, they were stripped of all this personnel and they're still playing hard. And then, of course, beating the Pats in Week 17 when the Pats really needed that win, you know, to get the bye and they, they couldn't get it. It changed the entire structure of the AFC playoffs. You know, I, that, I came away was like, okay, this guy can coach. And, yeah, every once in a while I'll still do something that I don't like, but that's true with any coach. But even Tomlin, you know, like, makes some crazy decisions from time to time but generally they get it they're aggressive at the right time uh they they don't punt from plus position they don't make these these terrible decisions all the time whereas like anthony lynn's like the crown prince of bad time just time management uh you know kingsbury's kind of in that side of the ledger right now yeah and look they if they win that game they go into first place after beating seattle the previous week but they again miami like you said i do think they're on the right path and defensively 
they played well. They've been benefiting some from some turnovers for touchdowns, including early in that game against Murray, and they had the special teams touchdown two weeks ago. But if you look at Arizona, I mean, they've lost to the Lions, Panthers, again, who have been better. I agree they're headed in the direct, right direction. With by the Panthers, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these are these are losses that you kind of can't have. I mean, you lose to the Lions and the Dolphins at home in this division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at their wins. And, yeah, the Seattle win was great. But we know Seattle has major problems on defense. Uh, they beat the 49ers week one, Washington, the Jets, the Cowboys. Uh, you know, with Kyler Murray, I mean, you expect this team to be a little bit better. And they got the Bills and the Seahawks the next two weeks. And it's a tough division. So uh, a few weeks ago, I, I said I didn't really love Arizona. And then, of course, I uh, bet the minus four and a half. Of course. Of course. You know, and that happens. You're like, well, you saw how Tua looked against the Rams. You're like, OK, he's not ready yet. Well, guess what? The learning curve wasn't that steep after all. He he, he climbed it pretty quickly. Tua looked like the real deal in that game. Yeah, no, he did. We See, we didn't really get to see him do anything the week before right. because it was all defense and special teams. And, like, you, you blinked and it was 28-7. And That's right. he didn't really need to do anything. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, with Kyler Murray and the way he's playing, uh, yeah, look, it's hard to complain they're 5-3. and three, But those are games that you're going to look back at. Well, if we could have gotten that game, maybe we win the division. Uh, and it's going to be a battle. I guess they should get in the playoffs because the NFC East obviously is going to get one team. I'm not believing in the Bears. I mean, when they were 5-1, and one, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then you got Tampa and the Saints, who should probably get in. But that West is going to be a battle. It helps, I guess, that San Francisco is so banged up and is probably going to drop from the pack. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the injuries has just taken all of its tolls. The Super Bowl hangover, it's real, folks, if you're the losing team in the Super Bowl. Uh, before we talk anything more about uh, Week 10, a quick note from BetMGM. Football is back, and new customers at BetMGM Sports can kick off Week 10 with a 100% deposit match, up to $500. Simply sign up and make it a deposit with the bonus code ROTOWIRE to take advantage of this offer. There's never been a better time to get in on the action at BetMGM with parlay bonus payouts, live betting, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. Don't let one minute of the NFL season pass you by. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code ROTOWIRE to double your betting bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, Adams, New Jersey, Nevada or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Adam Ronis talking all things uh, fantasy and week 10. Uh, Adam, quickly though, I want to talk a little bit how you got into the business in the first place. My first first time I crossed paths with you is when I was doing some stuff on blog talk radio and you also had the fantasy bonus with Adam Ronis. I think you were working for a newspaper in New York at the time. That is correct. Yeah. I was working for newsday. Um, I worked for their city edition and the long Island edition. So I always wanted to do radio. That was my passion. I went to the Connecticut school of broadcasting in 2003. Kevin Burkhart was one of my instructors. So Yeah, it's been great to see how far he has gone. And I knew like, he, yeah, he was really talented. And, uh, 
he just took off and he helped me along the way. You know, he actually, when he was working at WCBS 880 AM, he brought me in there to kind of listen to my demo and tell me what I needed to do. So I did some high school football radio pregame show, half halftime postgame show hosting, controlling the board and all that. But I basically made no money between right. tolls and gas and everything. So I always wanted to do radio, but I started in sports writing. That was the first thing I did out of college. So I worked at Newsday, covered mostly high school sports, got to cover some uh, pretty good players. I, I covered Marcus Stroman and Steven Matz. I was at a game. They faced each other. It was one nothing. There was about 35 major league scouts there. Wow. Uh, got to cover some players that made the NBA, like Sebastian Telfair, Charlie Villanueva. Um Oh, no, I didn't see Lance Stevenson. He was after me. But so I got to cover some good high school sports and covered a little bit of pro sports. They would occasionally send me to do a sidebar for the Mets, Yankees, a Rangers practice and Knicks practice. Uh, Then I worked at a paper in Florida, the Boca Raton News, and I covered high school sports and mostly FAU. At the time, Howard Stellenberger was the coach of the team. We know him from the legendary Miami, Oklahoma teams. Sidney Green was the coach of the basketball team and their baseball team was ranked top 25. Uh, so I was in Florida and I just hated it. I just I grew up in New York. I'm used to the fast paced life. Right. And it was too laid back. So I said, all right, I need to get back to New York. And I got into the New York City teaching fellowship program. And the reason why I did it was uh, summers off, you know, all the perks of teaching. I, I loved kids, but I really didn't want to do it. And I started doing the master's for it. And I was in class for a week. I'm in class listening to the Mets game. I'm not paying attention. And my sister's a teacher. And she said, look, if you really don't want to do this, don't take a class in September and leave those kids. And I said, you're right. So I decided not to do it. I went back to Newsday. And then I started writing a fantasy football and baseball weekly column for Newsday. And from that, uh, I think it was Paul Greco, Lenny Melnick reached out to me and they said, hey, do you want to have a show on blog talk radio? I was like, OK. So I did an hour by myself and a half hour by myself. And Scott Engel heard it. So I wrote for Newsday. He used to work there. He's yeah. from Queens like me. He's like, hey, um, you know, I heard your stuff. See, you're writing. You want to come contribute for Roto Experts? I'm like, sure. And started doing stuff for them. And then, you know, in 2010, when the Fantasy Channel on Sirius XM debuted, uh, I, they asked me to do the show with Scott. I was actually not their first choice. They had someone else and he bailed last minute and they were kind of panicking. And Scott's like, oh, don't worry, I got the guy. And so I couldn't believe that I was doing the morning show. And, you know, because I was still I was nobody back then. No one knew who I was. So I just looked at it as a great opportunity and took advantage of it. And it, it was kind of difficult at first because I was not allowing my personality to come out. I was so worried about what I was saying. I'm sure anyone who first starts going into radio or podcasting deals with that. It takes a little time to get comfortable. Uh, but we finally did. And, you know, I think the show went well with Scott. We're very different. We argued a lot. Uh, but I have to thank him for the opportunity for getting me in. And, you know, then worked at Roto Experts, FNTSY. I was with Scout Fantasy. And uh, now I've been with Fantasy Alarm for uh, one year. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I love hearing like Lenny Milnick, Scott Engel. I mean, how many careers did they help launch? It, it's it's crazy how how many people they've, you know, how many people they've helped out along the way. I remember when we, I first got started, Lenny was one of the first people like, hey, we love is Roto News back then. We love Roto News. You know, and I used to go to the newsstand at four in the morning and get all these out of town newspapers. He and Irwin and they were both like so welcoming. And, you know, I love seeing that to this day. Both those guys are still helping people out. 
Yeah, no question about it. Again, I owe a lot to Scott Angle because he's the one who brought me in and, and gave me the opportunity. And, you know, that's what a lot of people sometimes need is that chance. And once you get it, you've got to take advantage of it and, you know, put in a lot of hard work. You know, I was still when I first started doing the radio show, I was still working at Newsday. So I would do the radio show 7 to 11 a.m. in New York City, go back to Queens, then go out to Long Island and cover high school sports and get home 1130 at night and then have to catch up on all the sports from the day right. to get ready for the radio show. And then, you know, wake up four or five in the morning, take the train bus into the city. So, you know, I think that's and you know this with people who have been in the business uh, you've got to put in a lot of hard work to have success and you're not going to get paid much, if at all, early on. And it's going to take time. And I understand some people have families and kids and they can't deal with it. I was fortunate enough that I didn't have that scenario where it was just me fending for myself. So I could afford to take a little bit of a financial right. hit early on. Same with um, yeah. And, you know, I always I, look, I think there's a lo- there's a lot more opportunities now because you have podcasts and YouTube in so many ways. Now, I still feel there's probably not enough full-time jobs, though, in this industry, considering considering the, how, how successful fantasy is. Yeah, and you know what? This 2020 hasn't helped, that's right. for sure. Uh, that it, It's difficult. We have 35, around 35 full-time employees. I forget the exact number right now, but it's been... Oh, I didn't realize it was that high for you guys. Wow, I didn't realize that. And then a lot of, and probably anywhere from 100 to 200 freelancers at any given moment, depending on how busy things are. But yeah, of course, when you you have half seasons and no seasons, you know, it's tough. And plus the industry's consolidated some too. I mean, you know, some doors have closed, some companies have been bought. Others, you know, other whole industries have sprouted like DFS. You know, now sports betting is, is becoming huge, and it's going to get—it's only going to get bigger as more states start to allow more betting and more online betting. You know, that's going to change things a lot too. But uh, you know, it—it's it, been wild. Uh, you know, it, and you're, you're right. You know, hopefully there, there'll be more full-time gigs out there because you know it, it's hard. You know, it's it's hard to do the hustle economy, and I see a lot of people in the industry doing that. And it's more than just an industry too; it's a community. You know. We all kind of have each other's backs a lot. At least a lot of people do. I feel like you. You mentioned Scott. You mentioned Lenny. I, you know, Rick and Glenn have been fantastic. Oh yeah, you know, out absolutely. You know, there's 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 so many people. John Hunt, the the original, they launched helped us help launch us by mentioning us in Baseball Weekly. You know, that sort of stuff goes a long way. Yeah, no, Rick Wolf's been great. Actually, it's funny because, you know, obviously now I work with him and uh, I remember looking through my emails. This was back in 2003, right before I made that move to Florida. I had contacted him at Rota World looking for a gig and he said that they had something, but it was paying like nothing. And I had already set on moving to Florida. So I was like, I guess I can't pursue it. And he's like, yeah, that job went to the two people who got that job were like Greg Rosenthal and Dr. A. Stephen Alexander. I was like, man, that could have been me. He's like, I, I think you did okay. It worked out well for you. It did. It did. Uh, we'll close out with a news item. You mentioned Duke Johnson earlier. Uh, it looks like David Johnson's not going in the right direction for being able to play this week. Could be a big week at Duke Johnson. How high do you have him ranked? Uh, right now, I believe I have him at RB14. Uh, again, just just on um, on volume alone. I yeah. know that there's some questions about can he handle that workload, but if he's going to get 12 to 15 touches like last week and then be involved in the passing game, and we didn't really see anyone else involved in that backfield. So, right. uh, no, he's pro- he's sitting on the waiver wire in some leagues. 
Not a lot. I'm sure the leagues with 20 roster spots, the high stakes leagues, he's not out there, but he is available in some. So that that will be a guy that people can look to pick up this week. I did pick him up last week, you know, as kind of that last ditch sort of thing. Uh, and when he didn't have the job, but now that he's got the job, you're going to have to pay a pretty penny for him. But I mean, it's not like an awesome spot against Cleveland. Running backs haven't really killed them, but you know it's volume. Like you said, any catches, passes. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. That's the thing I really like. So, uh, I, I yeah, I'm I'm bullish in that respect. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, but I, I like him too. Uh, I think he'll be in my top twenty uh, this week. I'm maybe a couple spots lower, but that, that we're quibbling at this point in time. But I uh, just thought, thought, thought that'd be worth pointing out. Um, so, again, want to thank Adam for joining us. Catch him on Fantasy Alarm. Uh, you can you know, catch him on, his, on SiriusXM. What, what times in are you on for uh, the Fantasy Alarm shows on SiriusXM? Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday night, 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern. So I know some people sleep during that time, so you could always hear it on demand. And then Thursday night, midnight to 2 a.m. Eastern, right after Thursday night football. And I occasionally fill in. Uh, on the 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern show. I actually have done quite a few over the last few weeks uh, with Jim Bowden taking some time off with right. baseball. So uh, occasionally you can catch me on there with Howard Bender. So you're kind of the night, you're burning the midnight oil a lot then. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I've been a night owl. That's the thing, too. When they first told me, they said, we're going to do a morning show. It's probably going to start at 7 a.m. Eastern. I was like, nah, I'm out. They go, well, it might be 8. I'm like, all right, that's better. Then they came back and they said, well, it's 7 a.m. So you're in a, either in or out. Of course, I'm not going to say I'm out. That was a great opportunity to be on national radio, and I always wanted to do it. So uh, I sucked it up and somehow wound up doing that morning show, I don't know, six, seven years. Because even after Roto Experts left, I still had a morning show with Dr. Roto on Scout. So That's right. I forgot about that pairing. Here's the thing, and I've always said this, because once that microphone went on – I, I awoke, came alive. It's just when you love what you do and you're passionate about it, you find a way to do something done. Like people always say, we're, we're all busy, right? And they always say, I hate when girls tell me this because then I have nothing to say. Well, if you really care about something, you'll find time for it. It's kind of true in a way. Uh, but if you're passionate about something, you'll do it, whether it's that's 7 right. a.m., Midnight, whatever it is, if you really like it and that's your opportunity, you're going to do it. So, yeah, I've always been a night owl my whole life. So that was a huge adjustment. But I love doing it. And then once the show ended and I've taken the subway home, I crashed on the subway. (laughs) There you go. Just don't sleep past your stop. I did that once. Fortunately, it was the last stop and I only had to go back one stop. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a ball. I always appreciate it, Jeff. And again, thanks for everything that you've done in the industry. You made it possible for someone like me to come along and be able to make a career. Ah, thanks. No problem. I, 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 just like other people laid the groundwork for me. So just pass it along. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to uh, PropSwap and BetMGM for sponsoring us. Coming up tomorrow, we got John McKechnie and Mario Puig. As always, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. We do thank you very much for listening. Go patronize our sponsors. Go get a good prop swap going on right now. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.